In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the chaos surrounding the Serie A schedule. Uh, we'll be previewing the upcoming match against Napoli and Sassuolo, and special guest Janusz Mihalik, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on simplyinter.com. <laughs> Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari, welcoming everyone to a what can only be described an absolute, absolutely chaotic Serie A and Lega Calcio uh, after this weekend's madness. Uh, we'll get into all of that, but first let me introduce the, our, uh, our panel, uh, starting with Mr. Positivity, who I actually f- think is the one who's struggling the most to find anything to be positive about this week. Semperinte.com's own preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Massa. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, very, 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 very slim pickings for any any room for positivity this week, but that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sure is. And we're also joined by our good friend from Canada in Toronto, uh, the producer for TSN, and our very own expert on refereeing issues, Mr. Michael da- Michael Gallo. Well, I was hoping on talking about a derby win this weekend, but uh, unfortunately we don't have that opportunity, so uh, we'll talk about many other things. And very excited also to have one of my favorite soccer analysts uh, on the show today, Janusz, so very excited about that. Hi, Michael. And uh, and uh, as as Michael alluded to over there, we have uh, a, a a very special guest with us today, uh, someone who I've wanted to have on the show for quite some time, and I'm really grateful that he took the time out of his busy schedule to come on. He's a TV commentator and studio analyst for ESPN. Uh, he also hosts Premier League and UEFA Champions League shows, uh, making a studio inter debut. Welcome, Mr. Janusz Mihalik. Hello, guys. Yeah, uh, big, big pleasure. I, I didn't know you guys allowed Milan fans on your podcast. But, uh, you <laughs> well, know, we, we do, we do. <laughs> it, it's it's all it's all good. You know, I I, I love Serie A, and I I can be uh, uh, you know I can hold my bias, I suppose. Although Milan has even bigger problems than you guys have. <laughs> reading about Boban and Maldini and yeah. Elliot Group and all this stuff, but okay, let's not spoil the Inter fun. No, no. This, this, the Serie A does is is anything but if uh, it's it's anything but boring and not eventful. And in these, we're going to get into all of that. But before I do, I, I want to introduce our last panelist. Uh, last but not least, uh, he's the he's he lives all the way in Florida, and he lives. I think he's the only one except for Mo, who's very who's the most who's the happiest about the climate he's living in right now. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Alex Dono. Thank you so much, and I was able to get my Inter fix yesterday because Inter Miami made their MLS debut, so at least there there was an Inter playing somewhere yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I just died inside when you said that. <laughs> and how many goals did they score, uh, Alex? How many goals? I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting on their debut goal. Just as many as Inter did this weekend. <laughs> yes. But I got to say, I watched a bit of that, and that stadium looks amazing. Well, they were playing in Los Angeles, so we're, we're oh. yet to see, yeah, and it was, but I had the same impression, because I don't watch a whole lot of MLS, and uh, that was probably maybe the third time I've really sat and watched an MLS game from start to finish, so it was a road game, but the crowd in LA was great, they were chanting the entire time, and the stadium was very loud. 
Yeah, it looked it looked really really good. Right. Um. Let's uh. Let's uh. Let's move on. Let's focus on what we're supposed to talk about. And I and I want to start with you, Janos, um, because. I, I, I don't want to talk about, I, I suppose we have to talk about it because it's kind of on everybody's lips, but I'm, I'm kind of keen to hear what you make of the mess that the Serie A has made uh, of, of, the, uh, of this, uh, the Lega Calcio, that is, the, the league itself, the people who run the league, and the mess they've made out of moving games, postponing some games, some games being played, be, being played, some not being played, some being said that they're going to be played behind closed doors, then 24 hours before kickoff they're not being played. And now, they, and then they suddenly decide, without speaking to the other clubs in the league, that they're going to reschedule it. Uh, and and the, their, the president, Dal, Dalpino, goes out and says that he has the support of all the teams in the Serie A, only for nine directors and coaches of Serie A teams to come out and say that they don't support him. Uh, I mean, what do you make of all this? Where do you even begin? Well, look, I mean, nobody's going to win that argument, right? Somebody's always going to be unhappy. But for me, from a, you know, and I'm, I'm going to talk about from a, a playing standpoint in my head, if I have to think about that, right? I mean, uh, first of all, uh, health risks, uh, of course, are very important. And, and that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, when, when that's said and done, if I'm in charge of that, you, you, you can't help but look at the competitive advantage because it does exist. You know, I, I'm never a believer of, you know, a game in hand, regardless of what position I'm in, first, second, third or fourth, because you still have to win him. And uh, at the very least, you know, if if it was up to me, I play him behind closed doors. I know there's pressure from broadcasters. I work for one. I know how that works. But at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself and say to yourself, well, you know, Lazio in this situation, if you were going to postpone games, I mean, certainly I would have postponed Lazio. I wouldn't care if the people liked it or not. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a health crisis that probably exists everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem to be in Rome, but I can't believe in, th- in that. I'm sure there's uh, there's something there. But aside from that, I look at one of the most competitive uh, uh, races in recent history that involves actually more than two teams, right? Uh, three teams here. And you say to yourself, you've got to play it. Either play everybody behind the closed doors. I know it's Derby d'Italia. I know it's big, it's going to be watched worldwide, but so what? It's too close, it's too important to postpone that to play it in May or whenever. Even if it was two weeks from now, it's not good enough. Uh, Lazio have taken advantage, as we all knew they would have, against uh, uh, Bologna. Uh, but I would have played this game today or tomorrow as, as soon as possible. I, I, you know, To say to yourself and hope that this game is going to be meaningful on May 13th, that's all great. <laughs> that's all great, but if I'm Inter or Juve player... Uh, I'd go ballistic. Yeah, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I wanted to. I'm going to hand you over to uh, Mo, Mo, if you, because I know he has a question for you, Janusz. Yeah, Janusz. I, I mean, we we were preparing for this uh, podcast before the the mayhem, and I wanted to ask a uh, a question about you know uh, the state of uh, Inter's uh, squad in general. Uh, much has been made in the media recently of uh, the potential uh, transfer of uh, Lautaro to Barca. Mm-hmm. And much has been made in the media of the potential names coming from Barca to Inter. If, in fact, uh, Inter were offered uh, Antoine Griezmann for Lautaro and some cash, would, would this be a good deal for, for Inter, in your opinion? Uh, you know, I mean, when you, it's very difficult to c- compare the players, especially players that I think to some degree are different. Although 
maybe not so much, right? Because we've kind of almost gotten used to uh, 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 Antoine Griezmann uh, playing wide, and we all know that he's not a wide player. So he's very much kind of in behind this, the main striker player. So I think they're comparable by what they by position where they feel most comfortable, right? But if you see Lautaro right now, that's a tough sell, right? Because it, for me, psychology and perception is everything. I always say that, you know, and and I look at Inter and I think to some degree, to some degree, and, and by the way, players force those moves, right? I mean, sometimes there's very little you can do about that. But if Inter want to be great, I mean, you're not sending a, a good message, right, in, in, in sending... Yeah. Lautaro Martinez. I mean, it's as simple as that. We can get in behind what kind of players Griezmann. He hasn't been good, but maybe if, if he changes environment, he's going to be better. Who knows? I, I don't know that for a fact. All I know is right now, I look at a partnership between Romelu Lukaku and, and Lautaro Martinez, and it's near perfect. And in fact, in fact, Lukaku is better. And by the way, I have to eat my words because I... Uh, I think it was with Bandini or Horncastle. I don't know who it was. I, I thought he was just going to be an okay player in Serie A. I didn't see him explode. We all, uh, we well, all pretty much did, yeah. Yeah, you all were so good. At least I'm not alone in this mess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I mean, he's been great. And Lautaro Martinez, I think finally, I don't know if it's the environment. I don't know if it's the manager. You know, maybe it's just, you know, sometimes you have a couple of years under your belt. And he's start, starting to fulfill uh, what we all thought he had, right? And so now if you sell him, I, I think, look, this is an opportunity for Inter, right? It's been a while since we've talked about Inter in the terms of this, you know, uh, one of the greatest in Europe, right? I mean, since, since the, you know, maybe Mourinho yeah. and all that. Yeah. So I just think it's a wrong message. And, and, you know, let's take it aside. If Lautaro wants to force that move, there's very little, little you can do about it. Or you say, look where we are right now. We have good ownership group that has the money. And we are Inter, and we want to be amongst Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, mentioned, you know, all the greatest clubs, and Lautaro stay because we have big plans to buy another one or two or three players, and we are, in fact, are going to be competitive with Barcelona, and maybe they already are. This would be my message. So, uh, gut, gut feeling tells me it's a negative message. Agreed, agreed. Mm. Yeah, good. I hope I answer your question, Mohammed. Yeah, Sorry. that's a great. That's a great. Perfect. Thank great. you. Right, um, uh, Mike. I know you have a question for Janusz. Well, first I'll say, Nima, you're you're the one who said Lukaku was going to have a big season, so I'll give you the credit. I mean, I was on Janusz's side and Mo's side. I didn't think he was going to be that great for Inter, so I'll give you the credit. You said Thanks. he was going to have a great season, so so <laughs> that that I'll start with that. Uh, my question for Janusz, uh, it's it's about Milan Skriniar. So his first couple seasons with Inter, uh, I believe he played like a top five center back in the world. I thought he was excellent. I thought he's been great. Um, I don't want to say he's taken a step back, but maybe not as played as well uh, this season compared to his first couple seasons with Inter. Now, I know it, a lot of that talk is about because of the defensive style that you know Conte plays compared to what Spalletti plays with a back three instead of a back four. Now, how difficult is for is it for a defender to be playing you know in a back four and making that transition into a back three? And you think that's be, is that the reason why he hasn't maybe played as well to his potential this year? Yeah, it's a funny one because I don't necessarily. Th I mean, 
It's a difference, but if you're center back, it's not a massive one. In fact, you have kind of a little bit less to worry, don't you, right? Because there's three of you. Because remember, I mean, especially the way Conte plays, I mean, that's five in the back when you don't have the ball, right? Uh, and, you know, the, I mean, that's the beauty in a sense of, of Antonio Conte, you know, in the wide areas, which totally change on the Spalletti. And I don't want to change the subject, but, you know, you have to have these mules. It's funny to me that, uh, you know, I mean, it's, Understandable that Perisic had to go. You're talking about Napolitano, who's been great, that just because the system had to be sold, which is crazy to me, when you play well and you surplus to, to uh, uh, requirements. But I think with Skriniar, my only issue with him is just that little bit of that little bit of mobility because he's smart, he's in, he's intelligent, he uh, uh, sees and understands the game. But there may be something to him because look what's happened to Godin, right? He's another player that's never played in the in the back three, not that I can remember under Simeone. And I think it would be too easy for us to say to say that Godin, well, the, the age has caught up with him because I don't believe in that. I mean, he's just as strong as just as hard. And so, so with Skriniar, uh, I, I just because I, I think I would feel comfortable with an extra center back there because I know there's a little bit of space, less space to cover. And I don't know because uh, you know, I, I don't know what the instructions for Conte are in terms of uh, how much freedom he gets to go forward, how much pressure the, is he put under in terms of bringing the ball out of the bag because that sometimes causes you a little bit, right? Because that confidence zo zone is a little bit different. So, you know, some of these things when we, when we look at it and, Although I hear what you're saying, I don't necessarily think it's a massive drop off in Skriniar. Do you do you think that it was a it's been a big one? I don't think it's been a big one. I mean, I what I've definitely noticed is that in previous years, I've I've seen him make those runs from the back and you know not attacking, but like he definitely take that ball and move a little forward. I don't see it as much this year right. as I've seen it in the past. Well, but that that's the thing. That's why I, I mentioned that because I think that's that's in a back three that 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 becomes a little bit different because you leave it. But you know, again, it, there's that there's that confidence there. I, I will tell you this, even though I don't know if I could ever play for Antonio Conte because I mean <laughs> he would drive me crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he... We, we agree a lot on that, you and me. <laughs> well, he, well, he has players on remote control, and that's great. But to hear somebody always telling you where to go, where to pass, where to go. I've been under a coach like this. And, and trust me, no matter how much you want to tune it out. But I do want to give him credit and maybe make an excuse for Skriniar, maybe even for Godin. I don't know if people recognize how much that change of system in one year, that's massive what he's done. I mean, he comes in, not just back three, but obviously the white players. I mean, look, Kandreva was done under Spalletti because he, you know, under Spalletti, the roles of white players were different, right? They were encouraged to come inside. You have to have a certain amount of pace and skill to beat players, which, of course, Kandreva didn't have. Napolitano was wonder wonderful. Perisic, when healthy, was still dangerous. So I'm just saying, when you look at somebody like Skriniar or Godin, I would encourage everyone to look at the whole system because it's absolutely different. It's not just that it's a 3-5-2, but all of a sudden you're talking about Antonio Conte where player, players like Kandreva and, and you know, Ashley Young comes in and Moses, which is no surprise, is because they're workhorses and they, got, they have to keep the width. So they have to stretch you and they also kind of, even though without the ball, they have to become defenders they get caught in transition, and maybe, just maybe, the back three is under a little bit more more stress because of that. Uh, 
I really have to give Inter and, and Conte credit to for, for where they are because I know that system, the way he plays it, is so tough to just switch over in one summer. I, I, I'm telling you guys, mm. playing for him is not easy. And, mm. and I am very... I hate to give Conte credit, not because I dislike <laughs> it. Well, no, it's not even that. I just think because, I, yeah, I don't even know why I'm saying that because I, I think he's a good manager for short term, that's for sure. But um, I, I think he's done a tremendous job, guys. I really do. I, I don't know if we, you know, to pick on him. Yeah, you can here and there. But uh, you tell me you wouldn't pay for that season. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, before going into it, for sure. Um, I think any problems that I've had with him has been the fact that I think that he he creates problems as well off the pitch in his behavior and his yeah. his almost frantic, you know, and, and the fact that he he when he's upset about something, you know, he always preaches about the team coming first and putting yourself before the team. But when he's upside, upset with something, the team, the club, everything flies out the window and he doesn't care and he and he fights his way out from 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 every club he's been at. Uh, yeah, so so I think my my issue has been with that that and and also the difference that being that you know Juventus are a much more stable club than Inter are internally and when and when you have a volatile personality and come into a volatile club you know, match meet plutonium. What could go wrong? You know, like that. That that is that's that's the kind of criticism I've had towards him. Uh, but yeah, for sure, I mean, no one can complain uh, of what the results on the pitch have been. For sure, for sure. I, I like you know, I, I like Inter. I like Inter better than I like Juve. The the the, <laughs> the, the makeup of the team. It's I don't know where it's going to come out because you know they they are deep to a degree and you know they are obviously have great experience. You know, for the last few years, but. But, you know, that midfield at Inter still some question marks, but, you know, there's a number of combinations you, you can put together with two strikers like, uh, you know, um, like them. I mean, Inter is a good club. Uh, that's why it's kind of what's happening right now. It's rubs me the wrong way because I know it's going to have implication in the end. Yeah. It, it just will. And it's, it, yeah. should, it shouldn't be done like this. For agreed. Agreed. Alex, did you have a question for Janusz? Yeah, I do. Um, it's on Christian Eriksen, who we haven't seen a whole lot out of yet, and partially that's because these last two matches have been postponed. Uh, how do you see his fit in Conte's system, Janusz? And, you know, you think uh, it might be beneficial to experiment with more 3-4-1-2 with Eriksen, or can he really uh, maxim be maximized in the five-man midfield? What do you think? Yeah, five-man, but I I really think that Christian Eriksen is... is is almost with a mind for next season, don't you? I mean, it was protracted. I think they probably wanted to get him earlier if they could have, right? Uh, because of everything that was happening at Spurs. I th you know, you could tell before the season he wanted to go. Um, but, you know, he's the sort of player that I think uh, can fit anywhere in the, in the midfield five. And, you know, uh, you know, I mean, don't you think that... I mean, if Sensi wasn't wasn't injured as much right i mean he's sort yeah. of a little bit like that role so i think he was fine with sensi but here you have ericsson who kind of you give that, give that freedom because inter under conte no, or or any team under conte is go always going to have a good defensive base where you can actually allow a player to do the creative stuff and maybe ask less of him defensively right i mean i think conte the, i think in many ways that's why conte played the 352 uh, because he knows that. And, you know, a lot of managers don't want to do that, right? They expect everybody to work hard defensively. And by the way, I'm not saying that Ericsson doesn't. So, 
I don't think you change the system of play for Ericsson, uh, because I think that's your question, Alex. Um, I, I, you know, you can play him on each side. You can play him in in front, sort of uh, the trequartista role without being yeah. without being in a system where you have that, you know, one behind the two strikers. You know what I mean? Just a trequartista. He's he's that sword that can that, that I can do that. And by the way, I would also see, especially in Serie A, a time where if if somehow. Conte went to, let's say, two holding players. I could see him playing mm-hmm. alongside Brozovic. Do you know what, what I mean? About, what a, about, little bit, what, a little bit deeper. About, what, so you think he'll play deeper? Because I've I've always thought that if if that three five one one with the two sitting midfielders, as you say, but one of those would be Brozovic and Sensi, or 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 Brozovic or someone else. But with 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 Eriksson playing in that number ten role behind Lukaku. Right. Correct. That's what I'm. That's what I've said. That, that's oh. how I see him. But I but but I also my comment was that I, I could actually see him playing a little bit deeper as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want. This is not a comparison, by the way. But you know, mm. you. You can see him doing a job that Pirlo has done for Juve and Milan for years, couldn't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. you could see him uh, in a Pianic role, couldn't you? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, better version of Pian. So I, I don't think that's why he was brought in necessarily. But I see Ericsson in that system playing just, just about everywhere. And, you know, because he's played left side of the midfield. You know what I mean? Inside, And I'm talking inside positions, not wide yeah. positions. Yeah. So, uh, but I think he's he's more of a project the way it happened right now. He's a project for next year. Mm, agreed. Agreed. I agree. Uh, speaking of that, um, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I, I guess we have to divide this up because of the mess that's happened. And obviously on, on Wednesday, they're going to sit down and try to plan the rest of the season uh, and, 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 and to, to try to find a way to make this as fair as possible on everyone. Um, so... I'm going to ask you if 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 this wasn't. I mean, if we look back to before this outbreak and and these postponed games, what was your like? Who if if things had progressed normally in terms of the calendar, who do you think would have won the scudetto? And your top four uh, or top six actually from one to six, how how would that have looked? And also, would you would you think it looks it will look differently now given the change of the calendar? Well, I think it does. It, I mean. You have now what two less games already, right? Yeah, yeah, eight points behind and two games in hand. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, yeah, now it's how does that not change? I mean, you play now, and by the way, because I think you know, because it's Inter, it's Juve, and all that, but you know, this makes a uh, this makes a massive difference for the relegation for everything. Let's not forget about the smaller teams, right? Absolutely, it, it, it makes a big difference. That's why I, I just think you make a uniform decision, even if one weekend you postpone everything, every game, agreed. Uh, whatever it is, uh, I just think from that standpoint, it's mishandled. And I know there is no ideal way of doing it, right? Because somebody mm. will want to go to the game. Why close? Uh, why not allow the fans to to watch their beloved teams? But I think when it comes to that, the competitive advantage has to be looked into. I mean, otherwise, mm. why play? Uh, I agreed. mean, agreed. agreed. What is the point of that? Especially when it's this. <laughs> Look, before that, you know, of course it was between Juve and Inter, but for the longer Inter stayed and pressured Juventus the way they have, where Juve had to answer every weekend, it seems. I've been doing exactly. Juve, I've been doing Juve's game well, every Juve game here because 
at ESPN, probably because Cristiano, right? And Mike will know that at TSN, same, uh, you know, but I've done a lot of inter games and it was just amazing, you know, how much pressure Juventus were under there. And, and so, so, and not because I'm on this podcast, but I t- I'm telling you, I like I don't like what's happening at, at Juve. It's not no. a good thing. It's not no. a good thing for them. They, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to go as far as to say is even that even somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo, as much as he's scoring, I think they're sacrificing Gonzalo Higuain there for no reason whatsoever, yeah. uh, because I think Higuain should play more, and I, th- you know, than than he has. There is still dependence and concentration on Ronaldo, which takes away from others. Um, uh, but anyway, so so I think it would have been, I think Inter. I'm telling you, I think Inter. And I've been fighting back and forth. Now it's all changed. <laughs> and, and of course, Lazio is throwing, uh, you know, a wrench into all of it because none of us really thought they could be on a run. No. Like, it's credit to Simone and Zaghi. I mean, they're just, just an incredible, incredible run. Uh, you know, it's still hard to think that they can keep this up, right? I mean, you say to yourself, if they lose one, they may lose two. It's it's, it's sort of that type of thing. Yeah. But of course, Lazio would be in the three, and Atalanta, what they're doing is again a story that, even though it's been talked about more, still the entire world is missing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though they're in the Champions League, what they've done, I think people are just waking up to it. But they're only waking up to it when they do something in the Champions League and kind of nobody really watches them. And again, seven goals. I mean, it's just an incredible story. Over the last two or three years, losing, you know, great players to, to their rivals, right? And and it seems it doesn't affect them in any way, not playing at home and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> it's just a great, great story. So I think that would be your you top four. Mm, okay. Um, who, uh, who, who do you think will be the... The uh, who do you think will win the Coppa Italia? Who will finish fifth and sixth, and who will be the capo cannoniere? Oh, oh now you. I know. Me. Yeah, yeah I know. Every, everyone who's on here does it. <laughs> so. well, yeah, I mean, then I have to switch. I have to look it up. I forget. Uh, Inter lost to Napoli, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Napoli get, get through here. Yeah, neither would I. Because because Inter hasn't played, you know, you have that advantage, of course, right? And you go in, you know, to a place where I think, you know, if you look at Napoli, that's their season right now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so I won't be surprised who's in the other one. Juve against uh, Milan. Juve will get through that. Um, I'll give it to Juve because I'm on the spot and I have to think quick. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's give it to them the way it, it, it's at. Well, um, um what else did you ask me? No, fifth, who, who will finish fifth and sixth? So the Europa League plot spots. For the Europa League spots. So I've had the top four, which I'm sure is no surprise to anyone, right? I mean, Roma will hang on, yeah. right? And and you'd have to imagine, if I had to, with the mess in Milan now, I would have to imagine that Napoli will, will hold on to it. Mm. Um, what about, uh, do you think Ciro Immobile will break the record uh, and score more than 35 goals? Or 36 goals. Because uh, he's not far off. He's 27 now. I mean, he could. He could. Yeah, he could because he's taken penalties, right? Everything he touches, uh-huh. he, he scores. So it's not impossible uh, it, for him to do it. It's always going to be tough. He's going to probably come close. I mean, you know, this is a guessing game, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, because, because it's 27-36, that's not impossible. The rate that he's scoring right now, 
I wouldn't put him past him because, yeah, set pieces, you know, he does that well. And, and Lazio in such form right now that you know how it is. When everything, you know, when you're scoring goals and your team is doing great, you 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 you, you that switched on that little 2% even more, which often, you know, which often gets you there. So uh, I, I don't see why not. He could. He could. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much, Janusz. Uh, and before we let you go, do you do you have anything coming up that you want to plug? Uh, then f- go right ahead. I know. Yeah, I mean, you're just just doing a Serie A again. I don't know my game this weekend yet, although it may be affected. My week, my I didn't do any games this past weekend, you know, because mm-hmm. of the postponements. So I don't know how that's going to pan out. Uh, I do have a German uh, Pokal game, Bayer Leverkusen against Union Berlin on Wednesday on ESPNU and. Uh, you know, doing a Premier League show three hours on radio of of probably some VAR decisions and, you know, all this crazy stuff that <laughs> But, you know, the usual stuff. Can't wait for, uh, for Serie A to come to some conclusion. And I really, mm. really do hope that they take into account not just the, te- you know, the race and the competitive advantage at the top, but also in the middle and the bottom because it, it affects everybody here. And as you know, that's that's lives of players or supporters and and people that work yeah. at clubs and makes such yeah. a big difference if you're in Champions League or Serie A or Serie B. So uh, uh, to me, it's a simple decision. You know, uh, play yeah. close doors, play it out. This will work itself out. Mm. That's a, it's an it's been an absolute pleasure, Janusz. For thank you for coming on. I uh, hope you would you want to come on sometime in the future. Thank you so much, uh, and to everyone in the who can listen to Janusz, I can definitely say check him out. He's out he's on Twitter as well at Janusz Mihalik. Thank you so much, Janusz. Thank you guys, and sorry for that. I didn't get a chance to interact a little bit more with you guys. No, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the thanks. questions, guys. Thanks, thanks Janusz. Appreciate it. Thank thanks, you, Janusz. Thank you. Oh. Ciao. Thank you. Right, uh, that was uh, Janusz Mahalik. Uh, thank you. Uh, Want to thank him for coming on, and let's um, let's move uh, let's move on to um, it's to talk about what happened. I want to do a little timeline for everyone to understand what's going on and why everything has gone so mad that it has. Um, basically, last week on Monday, on the twenty fourth of February, uh, and through Wednesday, from Monday to to, to Wednesday, Tutto Sport, Corriere dello, dello Sport, Gazeta dello Sport, Repubblica, all these media outlets kept reporting that Juventus was against postponing um, the. Um, was was against uh, postpone. It was against playing this game behind closed doors, um, and that uh, the decision would have to be made if it was to be played. It had to be played behind closed doors because of the Italian government's restrictions in the region of uh, Piedmont uh, be- because of the sp- you know to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. On th- uh, on Thursday, uh, the a a citizens a consumer advocacy group mentions that if Juventus does not pay back tickets and reimburse fans. They are going to sue them on behalf of all their of, of the cost of all the of all the consumers who who raise who have something to raise, and on Thursday it was also decided that the game uh, would be played. Uh, the Italian government confirmed that they had left the option open to uh, the Serie A, the Lega Calcio, that the game can be played, but it can only be played behind closed doors. Whether or not to postpone it or not is up to the Lega Calcio to decide. Um, and the decision was made that they would play the game uh, behind closed doors. That was true until lunchtime on Saturday, the 29th of February, uh, when all of a sudden, out of the blue, 20 less than 24 hours, or just over 24 hours that the game was going to be played, the Lega Calcio decided on its own, uh, without talking to any of the clubs involved, 
saying that they were going to postpone the game until May. Now, the the thing that made Inter go crazy is that Inter's game with Sampdoria is yet to be uh, decided when it's going to be played. So they just decided to move this game to 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 May, move the Coppa Italia final to the 20th, not taking into account that Inter also have to play Sampdoria and not taking into account that Inter and Juventus are and, and all the other teams are already in, in, in European in European competitions, which meant that if any of them went to the semi-finals or even the finals of the Coppa Italia and the and the Europa League or Champions League, it would turn into 12, 10, 12 games. It, it would it would end up they would end up playing 10 games in less than 20 days. Whoa! Then, then it goes on. Then it goes on. Uh, then, 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 Beppe Marotta on Saturday goes out and say, has has a very calm stance to this. But the but Inter fans absolutely lose it, uh, and 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 this explodes. And not just about amongst Inter fans, but journalists, everyone, fans of all teams, and 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 ex, and and directors, and you know, everyone just loses it uh, and says that this is you know. This is not. You can't just do this. You haven't spoken to us. President Dalpinto uh, Dalpino goes out and says that he has the support of all the Serie A clubs, only for all the Serie A clubs, nine of them at least, to publicly go out and say that they absolutely did not support this decision. They were not consulted. And here we are. They decided late last night. The Italian government decided to to extend uh, these uh, uh, these bans on public events, including sporting events, until the. Ninth until the eighth of um, uh, March, uh, and therefore, if if these games are to be played, they have to be played behind closed doors. Um, which meant that Inter Sassuolo and Bologna Juve, etc., have to be played behind closed doors. Now, there's a financial element to that as well, because let's remember that Juve did not want to reimburse their fans; they would lose five million euros. None of the other clubs would want to use that money as well. So they've set a dangerous precedent here, and that's where they're stuck. They basically have put themselves in this position. I, I mean, even if I tried to, even if I thought, my, if I sat at home with a pen and paper together with all you guys, if we all met up and tried to think of a way to screw this up better than they have, I think we'd fall short. What do you think, Mo? No, I mean, uh, look, uh, it's, it's difficult to wrap, one, wrap one's head around uh, who, who could have possibly uh, imagined that this this outcome or these series of decisions would result in anything but uh, a catastrophe to the <laughs> league you know like honestly it's it's the most ridiculous uh, ridiculous uh, set of decisions taken and you know you know me like I, I, I'm not I'm not big on conspiracies or, or, or whatever I mean I am in general but not when it comes to culture you know I, I think a lot can be decided in over 90 minutes on on the pitch. But Dalpino's uh, decision to selectively postpone certain games that only benefited Juventus can, can only be interpreted in one way. I mean, not only do, do they only benefit Juve, but they fly in the face of any uh, ostensible concern for public health because of the lower tier games being played as well. So... <laughs> It, it, it just, 
it's it's absolutely nonsensical. It's we we, we it's look. Destroyed. We have to say I we mean, have to say that this this is not a health issue. Even though the Serie A, because they lied, it's a yeah, it's, it's an absolute lie. Because if it was a health concern, the government, the 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 minister of sport, the Italian minister of sport, and the Italian government were adamantly clear. This is not they they are okay with playing the games behind closed doors. So the notion that they try to hide blame this on the coronavirus was already. De- you know, this was already debunked before it was even released. And so, it's so I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Sorry, if I may, just just I, I, I'll, I'll raise you one. I see your this isn't a health concern. If if it's an alleged commercial concern, the damage that has been the commercial damage that has been done to this league because of these ridiculous myopic decisions are are, are far far more um, damaging than than the 5 million euros that Juventus would have had to reimburse, under which the guise of game postponement might then have been... This can only be, uh, you know, if if you're objectively looking at this, this can only be seen as a a competitive decision. Mm. It's it's, it's a league that 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 is in cahoots with uh, uh, an entrenched league leader, the league leader realized that playing behind closed doors uh, not only would have you know short-term uh, financial implications, but would only but would also uh, damage their competitive position against their strongest rival, which it would have. I mean, we, I was gloating last week on the podcast. I, I'll admit. Every Inter fan was was relishing the possibility of going to the Allianz Stadium uh, with behind closed doors. Uh, mm. So, so I mean, we, we have to we have to agree that you know, yeah, of course it is. Public, of course yeah, it as is. Public, yeah, as a public uh, health issue, this this plays very favorably into Inter's into Inter's hands. But to to view the 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 the, the cluster F that happened <laughs> since then. I can't remember if we can swear on this podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> so, so, so to view to view these these set of sub- subsequent decisions in anything but uh, 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 like re rebalancing the scales in Juve's favor, footballing wise, mm. it, it can be viewed it can be viewed otherwise because commercially. It's destroyed far more value than than the value that it would have destroyed in in, in the terms of uh, game reimbursement due to forced uh, door closure. Let alone the potential implications of loss of revenue for sides that are you know, going that might have won and proceeded in Europe farther and and, and generated revenue and blah blah blah. So I mean, e- even if we don't play these scenarios out, the damage to the league, the damage to the first three-way competitive uh, competitive uh, Serie A race. In, in in almost a decade, is is just uh, immeasurable. So th- th- this was Agnelli calling up the Lega, the Serie A, telling them, guys, you know, we're uh, we need to sort something out. A quick, uh, as usual, you know, knee jerk uh, decision was uh, was made. Uh, Juve haven't been playing well. They just lost to Lyon. Backs against the wall. They can't they can't risk another loss. Everyone realizes that this could be the beginning of a, a, a proper unraveling. What do we do? Push it to me. No one looks further than that, you know. Mm. But of I course. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, uh, Alex, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that you and I were DMing. We were fuming, both of us, and, and could barely contain because it was everything, for the reasons that everything that Janusz and also Moa said, um, I don't even know how, how they go from here. I'm still fuming. And the bottom line, Nima, is that two weeks in a row, Serie A has canceled multiple matches. I think it was four the first week and, and five the second week. They postponed these matches. But they're not solving any problem. They're just kicking the can down the road because, I mean, first and foremost, they, they've set this precedent now of, you know, postponing matches under the guise of trying to you know be in the best interest of public health. I think we all agree that's a charade. But now that you've set that precedent with this masquerade of public health, guys, I'm no public health expert. I only play one on the radio. But, you know, every time every time I log <laughs> into the Internet to check how many you know, Corona cases there are in Italy, the number's not getting smaller. Okay, so they're curing this thing anytime soon. It may be a matter of weeks. It may be a matter of months. Nobody seems to know when this problem is going to go away. So once you've already set the precedent that we're going to be, you know, postponing or canceling matches because of a public health crisis, so what does that mean for this coming weekend? What does that mean for the weekend after that? Are they suddenly going to do an about face and say, well, we no longer care about public health, so now we're going to play the games? Like it, it, it's such a fiasco. I mean, the, the bottom line is, in Nima and Mo, you both said it very well. They had the approval of the government to play these games behind closed doors. I know it sucks. I know the optics aren't good, especially when you have you know, a big game like Juve Inter being played in an empty stadium. And I know that that was one of the reasons that Dalpino cited for why <laughs> he wanted to postpone that game, because it would be embarrassing to be, you know, uh, to be going uh, at the same time as El Clasico in an empty stadium. But OK, is that really more embarrassing than the problem you've now created by canceling all these matches? Like they, they, they cannot seem to even get their heads out of their, you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow <laughs> Mosley to not curse when I say that. I mean, this is, this is such a fiasco where, and you know, we, we touched on it a little bit, but we didn't really dive into it head first in that, you know, now Marotta and, and some of the other club heads are, are saying, well, yeah, I mean, we're, we, we were going to refuse to play, you know, a game in an empty stadium since Juventus well, already refused to do that and got their way. So what does that mean for this coming weekend? Like, are we going to reach a very high-stakes game of chicken where, you know, the league says, I know that last week we didn't want to play closed-door matches, but this week we're going to play closed-door matches. And now the club presidents and CEOs say, no, we don't agree to do that. Um, uh, guys, I hope that, you know, the two matches that Inter have had postponed are the only matches they get po postponed from here on out, but... Who knows? Because I, I don't see this problem going away anytime soon, and it's a problem that they basically have created for themselves. Exactly. That, that's what that's what I was going to say. Is that, I mean, when they when they, they what they don't seem to understand is that when you when you do the bidding of one and set that kind of precedent, Bologna, they, 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 why should, I mean, I think their CEO said it best when he said, we will under no circumstances accept to play you play Juve in an, in an empty stadium. And why would they? It's, it's money for them as well. Like, that's what I mean. This, they have created this absolute mess out of nothing. And they've tried, they've lied about it. That's the worst thing. It's one thing to make an uncomfortable decision and, and people are upset. But when you blatantly lie, they put out a statement that was they, they knew was untrue. They said it was because of the coronavirus, they're going to postpone it. That is manifestly, categorically, empirically a lie. The government decision, the government gave them the choice 
and they stayed out of it and said, either you play behind closed doors or you postpone it. They chose to postpone it. And they chose to do it 24 hours before kickoff. Those are the facts. Now, you can paint them any, any way you want. And then, and then you know, they, they say that, well, you know, we, we gave Inter the possibility to play on the Monday. Why? And they said, no, why? Because, because all of a sudden, uh, the coronavirus, is, the threat of it has disappeared? No, that, that, that's nonsense. Uh, and, and, then, and, and the notion they gave was, well, you know, Inter, Inter, Marotta was very clear. He said, no, we, we declined that for two, for three reasons. One, on, so the game would have been played only with Juve fans without a single one of our fans being allowed to enter it because that's the law to pre prevent the coronavirus spreading. Secondly, they declined it because they're going to play Napoli on Thursday. They would have had one less day to prepare for the Coppa Italia semi-final, and they already have a depleted squad. And thirdly, if 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 there was a if 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 Rai who who owns the rights to the Coppa Italia. They, they, they would have been, they would have also has, uh, encountered troubles, uh, problems in, in rescheduling it because they, you know, they, they wouldn't have been able to show it, or when they would they would they been able to show it, and that is an inter concern because they make money off of the time off of all the times they're shown on TV. So this was just a bad deal for Inter. And they say, well, Inter are just being, you know, whiny old Inter. No, you think that this is the eight, this is like the Middle Ages where everyone is, this is a feudalistic society and the lords decide and you get to do whatever you want, when you want, how you want. You get to look people in the eyes and screw them over and they're just supposed to take it. No, they're not going to do that. Why should they? So, I, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, the, 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 these arguments that they're putting back. I mean, this isn't, you know, I actually want to go a step further. I don't think this is, I don't think, I don't, I'm not going to even blame Juventus for looking out for Juventus' interests. The people I blame are the people who are only looking out for Juventus' interests, but are employed to look out for the Serie A's interests. Those are the people I blame. I don't blame Agnelli for looking out for Juventus' interest. That's his job. That is literally his job. I blame Dalpino and the rest of these incompetent clowns and puppets who are incompetent and have no idea what they're doing. And they're not putting the, the best of the league ahead of ahead of everything, but they're putting but, but they're putting their allegiances above everything else. And it's so blatant to see. I mean, the fact that this idiot went out and said that he has acted on the on the behalf of the Serie A as a whole, and within minutes. Everyone came out and said, uh, well, everyone except Juve, Juve, Udinese and Milan went out and said that the, the league has been uh, falsato. So it, it's, it's so blatant and it's embarrassing. Mike, sorry, I went off on one. Mike, you want to you wanna add something to all this? <laughs> My head's going to explode right now after hearing all these things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, listen, look, we've got a we got a big problem on our hands right now, and it's and it's going to be it's. I think we are at a major disadvantage going forward. Um, I think I think the way Mo said it, Juve. I think this started a few a few days ago when Juve lost to Lyon, and they were there was the potential of an unraveling starting to happen. You know, Juve potentially going out of Champions League. You know, losing their first leg, and now their biggest game of the season, the biggest game of the entire league was. This weekend, and if Juve didn't get that result, there was going to be some, you know, a massive problem for them. I, I don't think for one second that that Juve didn't. They they wanted this match postponed. There's no way that that, that they didn't. And and I think there's a financial element to it as well. If, if they had to play this in front of no fans, you know, five million euros. I know it's these are, these are big clubs, but that's a that's a big chunk of change. And and having 
to potentially give that back to fans. You know, that that's something that they definitely would not have liked. So that they for sure like playing playing on on Sunday, playing on Monday. What's the difference? I don't get. I don't understand it. Just if, if the government is saying you can play behind closed doors, then play behind closed doors. I don't understand why it's changing over and over and over again. This problem is not going away anytime soon. One day, one week, two weeks, four weeks, it's not going away. Every time, like like Alex said, it's it's getting higher and higher and higher and spreading and spreading and spreading. This game should have been played behind closed doors. And now we're at a major, major disadvantage going forward. And I will say this. Uh, you look at the table right now. I'm going to say that f- my personal view is that Lazio are now the Scudetto, you know, my favorite to win. And oh, this absolutely. Is, and has absolutely. a lot to do with this. Oh, and, absolutely. I and mean, the got, way... Sorry, go, go, sorry. Well, they, they've got their... They played their games and they've won them. And now Juve's got to still play Inter. And then there's there's points there that could go either way. And if, say, Juve loses that game or a draw, like, what an advantage they have at this point. And I, and I just... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I would go so far as to say that you, you, for me now, this is all in Lazio. You know, Lazio are are, are definitely are going to finish. Not they're definitely going to finish above Inter. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. They're going to finish second. There's no doubt in my mind about that. What's going to happen also now is that the the this, the Scudetto will be decided when in, when Juve play Inter. Oh, uh, Juve play Lazio at the Juventus Stadium in May. That's when it's going to be decided. Um, up until then, Lazio have a game and a game a week. They're not going to be bothered by anything else, and they're going to continue to win. They have a week to prepare for each game. Um, it's, 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 I, would, I would say that they are, they're, they're the favorites to win the Scudetto now. To be perfectly honest with you, I think they are. Because, I think so. I think for, I think sure, so. I think for sure they are. They, they play their games and they've won them. And yeah. let's, let's not forget, they keep pushing these games back. They don't know when the heck, when the heck they're going to play the Samp game. Uh, and, and I think they're going to try to decide. I mean, my personal opinion is, that, is they're going to decide uh, once uh, they find out what happens in Europe. Like I say, if, if Juve get eliminated or Inter gets eliminated by Katafi, I think that's when they're kind of kind of try to squeeze out where they're going to put the, those games. Uh, but just at the moment, we don't, and especially with Copa Italia as well, with all these teams, with Inter, uh, Napoli, Juve still in it, and Milan, that's where they're going to just, I think, wait a little bit longer. But they can't wait too long because guess what's coming around the corner? Euros. Euros are coming around. And they cannot push it too deep because the, the players need to be released at a certain time. So they just, they're, they're going down a, a road that I just don't think there's a, there's a, a solution and and that's all I'll say and and I hope they can yeah. figure this out. Mm. No, they got a meeting. Let's just say that they got a meeting on Sunday, uh, sorry, on Wednesday to to try to sort all this out, and we'll have to wait and see what happens then. But uh, I mean, we we're just gonna have to press on and and expect that Inter will play Napoli away on Thursday. But who knows with these clowns in charge, um, and also with um, with uh, Inter Sassuolo on the weekend as well. Um, I guess we, you know, we don't, we can't say too much about those games. But if we kind of assume that they are going to be played, uh, and they somehow magically resolve and and manage to um, <laughs> de de uh, de escalate from a situation where everyone is pissed off, then um, then then I, I I I going into Napoli. I think this is a game where Inter actually can win. I think Inter Inter are angry. I think the Conte's. I mean, <laughs> you think he's happy about this? <laughs> And we all know that he's got the emotional, you know, he's got he's got the self control of a of a nuclear bomb. 
So he's going to definitely be angry, and he's going to challenge. He's going to get all that anger into his players, and they're going to come out there and chew, chew barbed wire when they play Napoli. And and I think they're going to to, to completely hammer Napoli away. If I'm perfectly honest, um, be be because I think this is a title that uh, that he wants to win. He's never won it. Um, what, what do you think, uh, Mo? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I I know that uh, I know that I, I've been downplaying our, our chances and our our ambitions. For the Coppa Italia, but I think uh, I, I can only see this week in the grand scheme of things. Maybe it might might affect our position in the league detrimentally. Maybe not, but I just I think ultimately they've lit a fire under everyone's bum, especially when we were thinking that you know Inter started showing a bit of complacency, etc. I think, like you like you rightly said, ultimately I think it's going to play in Inter's favor, whether it's in the Europa League, in the Coppa Italia, or in both. You know, so I, I think. I, I'm I'm far more optimistic about progressing through uh, the Napoli uh, game uh, this as we stand today uh, than I did last week. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, what about you? What about you, Mike? Well, you think Inter will do the job against the Napoli? Uh, well, well, I if you if the, look, Inter has played Napoli twice uh, already this month or so this year. And there were two very different matches, uh, like Inter won at Napoli for the first time in, in so long back in January. But I, I felt it was a totally different match when uh, in the first leg. So I, th I think, I mean, I would think that they're well rested for this game. Would you not agree? Like, if, I mean, have not have, they played on Thursday, but not having to play against Juve on the weekend, they don't really have that time to like focus all your energy on one thing. And now they've got to use that. You know, a few days later, so I think they should be well rested. I know, I know. Was Victor Moses injured today? I know that's a little piece of, piece of the pie. I believe he was. Uh, he might not play in that match, but like just just going forward, I think that this not having to play the derby could maybe help them against Napoli as long as they can find out what they did right in that that in that January three one win where they completely dominated. But it didn't seem that that way when they played the first leg against uh, against Napoli a couple weeks ago. So I think they should go in thinking that they should be able to wrap this up and uh, and make a comeback, for sure. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I think you've all hit the nail on the head. I think if not for you know, the events of the past week, uh, with the anger that's created, not to mention the extra rest that's created from not playing a game, uh, Inter's going to be the more well-rested team. And you know, with Conte uh, at the wheel, it's hard to imagine they're not the angrier team, because I'm sure he's livid as we are about what's going on here. So... Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking at maybe a 2-0 or, or a 3-1. I, I don't think I would have felt that way if not for the events of the past week. I could have maybe seen Inter go out kind of quietly with a, with a draw, kind of a whimper in Coppa Italia. But uh, I'm, I'm actually now expecting this to, to motivate them a little bit, put a chip on the shoulder. I think they're going through. Yeah, okay. Um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football. Uh, starting with the positivity, uh, this week's Moratti, which we presented by Mr. Mo Nassa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Yeah, so I was thinking, uh, uh, taking of uh, a play out of the out of the Lega's uh, playbook and uh, postponing the Moratti this week, but uh, indefinitely. But um, I'd like to also uh, instead uh, 
tip my uh, hat at uh, Marotta. Not for, I mean, for, for the way he's handled this, uh, this uh, crisis uh, from the very beginning. Uh, I, I, I think, like you rightly said, uh, Nima, his first uh, response to the, to the postponement was very measured and very, uh, very articulate. And then his angry uh, ripping a new one uh, reply uh, uh, to uh, Dalpino's comments about his comments, you know, just showed, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, showed, showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of uh, reason and showed, uh, showed that, um, you know, we, we not, only, not only do this management uh, deal, deal well for the club internationally and in, in transfers, etc., but they, they definitely are starting to stand up for Inter and make sure that Inter's voice is heard in Italy as it should be, as it always sort of, uh, sort of had. So, so my, um, my Moratti for the week is uh, Beppe Marotta. Mm, agreed. I think what he said when he went on uh, attacking and piling the pressure on the league in all media, I think he he spoke with every single media outlet in Milan that was available that wanted to talk to him yesterday. Um, right. Let's move on to uh, something much more negative. This week's Modji, which is presented by Mr. Michael Gallo. Well, speaking of the coronavirus, uh, my moji of the week goes to Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, they had 20 Japanese fans told to leave their game on the weekend because Jesus. they were because of fears that they had coronavirus. <gasps> oh my god! And and I I had to look at that a few times before I actually believed it, and it actually happened. And the club put out a statement today. And uh, this is what the statement said. It said, uh, ground security personnel had been instructed to intensify checks regarding the admission of certain groups of people due oh to potential God. risk. Yeah. <laughs> oh Unfortun- unfortunately, in this instance, and this is a club statement. Unfortunately, in this instance, amidst the great uncertainty surrounding this topic, by which we are currently also affected, a mistake was made on our part with respect to our Japanese guests. In light of this mistake, we would like to extend our apologies. We are already trying to get in contact with the fans in question to invite them to our next home game to try to make amends by the incident. As for our handling of the coronavirus issue, we will continue to work thoroughly on a daily basis with authorities in order to try and reach the best possible solution for all of our guests. And now that's that's just the statement. Now, I also saw there was... uh, the choreograph of Leipzig in that game read "Love and Peace," and, and it just it just contradicts the whole the whole situation. And I mean, we laugh about it because it's like I can't believe this is actually happening. But uh, it's it's sad, and also in another sense, because it's just these these you know. Imagine go, flying all across the world to go to a game, and you'd be you're kicked out for a reason because it's whether it's race or or whatever. And I would be furious. You know, I almost I almost flew to the Samp game a couple weeks ago that got canceled. I would be furious if it didn't happen. These guys flew there, got in, and got kicked out. So I, I don't even just, know. What, uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Like that's geez. just uh, it's very disappointing that it happened, and and I don't think the apology really really did any justice either. But what it, like, no. it's just just embarrassing. Wow, that that was that I missed that. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, move on to something much more comical. This week's Frog, which will be presented by Mr. Alex Donald. E clamoroso, autogol di Ranocchia. 
Yeah, guys, the frog of the week goes to one Maurizio Sarri as the Juventus manager maybe put his foot in his mouth a couple of times in the post-match <laughs> press conference after Juve fell in Lyon in the uh, the first leg of their round of 16 tie in Champions League. Now, you know, he, he mentioned how, you know, the, the players aren't really playing with the same speed and tempo in the midfield. They play in practice. That's not what gets the frog, though. He was very critical of the officiating. And he said, quote, in Italy, we would have had two penalties in our favor. <laughs> Guys, maybe not the best choice of words for a Juventus manager, if you know what I mean. I mean, hello, Mr. Freud. <laughs> it's, yeah, um, I, I read that too, and I thought it was... I, I, I think he continued by saying, but in Europe, they measure by a different yardstick, and I guess we just have to learn. Um, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, well done. I, I guess you can. You got to give him credit for being honest. He's done something that no Juve manager in history has ever done. And, and, he's, and he said, I guess you got to give him credit for that. Which kind of it kind of expa- explains this entitled attitude that they and their fans have that they they're kind of owed penalties, uh, you know. Speaking of a certain Mr. Gigi Buffon and you know garbage cans instead of hearts, etc. Right. Um, that's all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank Janusz Mihalik for coming on, and as always, as always, thanks for coming on Mo and and raising a little bit of hope into this gloom. I hope uh, we start talking about uh, actual match analysis very very soon, guys. Amen. And as always, Mr. Alex Dono, thank you for coming on. I am as well rested as Inter's players. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> and Mr. Michael Gallows, good to have you on, Mike. It's uh, it's great to be back with you guys. Uh, love talking, love chatting. I just wish we had some some games to talk about, but hopefully next week we can have that. Although uh, against uh, Sassuolo, that's another. You know, situation that I, maybe we will have a game, maybe we won't. I don't think much is going to change from now until then. So uh, let's just hope that something gets played in the next uh, five to seven days. Amen. And as always, I'm your host, Nima Tavalli Rutsari, uh, wishing you a good week. Uh, a, a, a semi-final win in the Coppa Italia and hopefully three points in the Serie A. But who knows when these clowns are in charge. Uh, as always, sempre e solo Forza Inter. Passa il